And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me again in the studio today is Dr. John Vance. Hello. Well, how are you today? I'm fine. I feel great. <laughs> You're looking good. I don't know how you stay uh, so fit. You really... Um, well, I still do run a little bit. Man, you, you, you make me feel bad, but I'm glad for your sake you do. Um, today we're talking about uh, the Trinity, because uh, tomorrow, God willing, um, in your churches, you may hear about uh, the Trinity, because it's what? Well, Trinity Sunday. Trinity Sunday. Yeah, that's... Uh, right. When I uh, schedule my preaching, I, I don't do it uh, very formally, but mm-hmm. I know through the year that there are certain themes I'm going to preach at certain times. Yeah. And, of course, I'm going to preach Advent and Christmas. I'm going to preach on the coming of Christ. And I know that Lent and Easter I'm going to preach on the resurrection and, and the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And I know Ascension Sunday I'm going to preach on that. And I know on Pentecost I'm going to <laughs> preach on the Holy Spirit. And I know on Trinity Sunday yeah. I'm going to preach on the Holy Trinity and the rest of the year, I pick out sermons and themes yeah. and maybe preach a book or whatever, but I feel obligated to do that. Let's um, – I just thought of this. I hope you don't mind. Um, let's approach this discussion as if uh, we're talking with um, a person that doesn't understand the Trinity, doesn't believe in the Trinity, and has problems with the Trinity, and just kind of walk it through um, – Suppose I um, sat down, opened my Bible here, and and opened up first to the Old Testament. Um, can you help us? Where would we start in, in this discussion? Well, what you would see is the one God, and of course that's the creed of Israel, the Shema, Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. You would encounter a divine being who is not part of creation, who is separate and distinct from every created thing, and uh, but also a God who is dynamic and who is involved in history, mm-hmm. the history of Israel. Now, if you only had, if you will, Torah, which can include not only the first five books, but Torah means teaching, mm-hmm. uh, it would include uh, the prophets and it would also include the writings. You may not come to see God as Trinity, but what I do believe in the Old Testament is uh, at what what Jewish people would call the Tanakh, what you do see is a foundation that is almost seamless going into the New Testament mm-hmm. of believing in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And even when you get to the New Testament, it's not so much that we figured it out that when Jesus came and did certain things like forgive sins and said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, these kinds of verses forced those early Jewish believers to face up to the fact that while God is one, are there more than one person in the Godhead? Yes. And it was forced upon them, really, by divine revelation. God, the Scripture says, was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And in what way was God in Christ? (laughs) Well, we began to read our New Testament, and uh, we came to the conclusion that God is three persons – or as in Greek they call it, hypostasis, but there is only one being, God. He is one being who subsists in three hypostases or persons. Mm -hmm. Now, what confuses some of our Jehovah's Witness friends is this. The word Trinity does not appear in the Bible. No, it doesn't. It first appeared, as far as we know, in the writings of Tertullian in the second century, late Mm. in the second century. Mm. 
But he was only using that word to describe what he read in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so the word Trinity, while it may not be uh, a word that you find in the New Testament, we believe that it is an absolutely an act, apt description of what we encounter mm-hmm. in the Old and finally fully and freely in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Yes. I guess I had in mind um, our Jewish friends, really, as I was posing the initial question, and that is um, if we only had the Old Testament, we don't, of course, but if we only did, and uh, would we come away with a strong sense of Trinity or a weak sense or not one at all? Well, it's difficult to really answer. We only we yeah. only have the reality that we have come to believe in the Trinity because of the New Testament. Yeah, we do. How much has been adumbrated or foreshadowed in the Old Testament, scholars will debate. Mm-hmm. But let me say there is nothing in the doctrine of the Trinity that contradicts, and you're going to get a, a question or two on this, mm-hmm. that th- there's nothing in the New Testament and our Trinitarian doctrine that contradicts at all anything in the Old Testament. It seems to be the natural product of the whole yes. revelation. So in other words, if if we only had the Old Testament, it may not be so clear to us regarding the Trinity, but everything that's there is not in contradiction to the later teachings of the New Testament. As a matter of fact, I would say Trinitarian. It, it, you can see where their foundation the Trinity is in the Old Testament yeah. when you come to the yeah. New. Yeah. The Trinity We're talking about that today here on A Plain Answer, and uh, we're going to take a short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. You are God, and we praise you. 
And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with me today, Dr. John Vance. We're talking about the Trinity. And, um, John, as I ponder this a little bit, uh, even before opening up the mic, um, the uh, uniqueness of of the Trinity in Christianity. Um, you used to teach uh, world religions at a university uh, in addition to being pastor, I don't know how you managed to do everything, but um, you did. Is there a concept of Trinity in any of the other world religions? Well, there's supposed to be, uh, according to some experts, that there is a Trinity within Hinduism, but uh, it's not a true Trinity. It's, mm-hmm. It doesn't approach anything uh to the teaching of Christianity. Uh, maybe I should say what Christians basically teach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, w- we do not say that there are three gods. That's the charge against Christians. And we do not say that uh, this god, uh, three gods, so to speak, we- we've never taught tritheism. Mm-hmm. We've only taught that God is one. It's right. the creed of Israel. It's within that framework that we understand who God is. But we also believe that God subsists in three persons. Now, what exactly does that mean? That means that God has revealed himself in history as three distinct persons, as Father, when we open up the Scripture, as Holy Spirit, again, in verses 2 of the Scriptures. And then, of course, we even find in Genesis a, if you will, the proto-evangelicum. That's a big Mm -hmm. phrase that means the first prophecy pertaining to Jesus, yes. the woman's seed. and but, but we believe that God unfolded his divine being in history, in the life of Israel, and finally in our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we look at that, we've come up with some phrases to try to describe what exactly that is. And what we say is that there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three distinct persons, yet there's only one God. Moreover, we say that there is no mixture or confusion within God. Uh, it really is a divine mystery, mm. and this is not a forum to be able to teach on the Trinity, but I just want to set the parameters of what mm-hmm. we do teach. And what we do teach is absolutely unique in the history of religions. You don't find this in Buddhism. You don't find this in Islam. Uh, you do somewhat find it in Judaism because there is mm-hmm. a dynamic view of God interacting with people and personhood and love. Mm-hmm. But in uh, but you don't find it in uh, Hinduism, even though in Hinduism you hear many people say, well, there's a trinity in Hinduism. It's not a true trinity. It's uh, three gods uh, who are manifestations of each other, and we reject that as a heresy called modalism. Mm-hmm. So God just does not appear like Modalism would be something like water. It can be, at one point, steam, and another point, ice. Yeah. But that's modalism, and we reject that, too, because that doesn't allow for three distinct persons. I'm glad you brought this up, and the point here is that there really is nothing (laughs) in our human experience to adequately make the analogy to the Trinity. It's been done before, but it it always falls flat. You're always dealing with created things to yeah. try to come up with it, and God is uncreated. He is a being unto himself, uncreated, self-sustained, and has no need, and he subsists in three persons, and there's an inner communication uh, that I think, since we are in God's image, that 
we have been given an extraordinary ability above everything else in creation to communicate Mm -hmm. and to do something else, to love. I don't think you can justify or have love theologically without the Trinity. I want people to hear that. That's an interesting statement. I don't think you can have a true basis for love apart from the Trinity. Hmm. Now, that's a very Christian view, I understand. But now, think of it. In order to have love, you must have subject and object. In the divine being, as Martin Buber, a Jewish philosopher who was suspected of being a crypto-Christian, he wasn't, (laughs) but he says, in God, there is an I and a thou. Hmm. There's subject and object. God is completely fulfilled in himself because if you have an eye that now you can have love, you can you can have uh, an object of love, and you can have, if you will, the communication of love. Mm. Now, how else can you find that justification in creation? You really can't. The, the uh, biologists may come up with the notion that the poet did, I think it was Whitman, that nature is is raw uh, in tooth and claw, hmm. or bloody, he says. Mm-hmm. It's bloody in truth and claw. But you're not going to find love in nature per se. Yeah. Because it'll be a mixed signal always. But only in the triune love of God who sent his son into the world to seek and to save the lost do you really see God's love, his seeking, searching love for human beings. <laughs> and I think that theologically or philosophically the only justification to claim that love is ultimate and is a true, uh, if you will, virtue, is because we have the triune being who is love. Mm-hmm. In engineering, many of the fellows have to, or, and gals have to take courses called boundary value conditions. And it, I don't remember any of the math. In fact, when we were taking it, the, the kids called it mystery math because it was so hard to learn. But the concept was extremely valuable that there were boundary conditions. And if you violate them, you probably don't have the right solution. And and this really is a boundary condition, too, that we, we do know that there is one God. There is only one, the living and true God. And it, it's like um, the Old Testament would say, as you pointed out, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. or or um, But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king to Jeremiah. And yet, at the same time, the other boundary condition is that there are persons in the Godhead. So you you maintain the one God, Mm -hmm. but the fact is there are persons, and maybe that's the part that that people would miss if they only had the Old Testament. And the second person, uh, God in human flesh, the incarnation, seems to me to be required by the love of God. Mm -hmm. God meets us in our history and our culture. In the person of Jesus Christ, who is fully and totally human, Mm-hmm. And he meets us in his humanity. Now, he's also fully and completely divine. But he meets us as truly a man. And it's only if with Trinitarian doctrine can you possibly even have the concept of the incarnation, mm-hmm. that God became man for us. And um, that is why the greatest verse in the Bible, no doubt, is John three sixteen. Everyone mm-hmm. can quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, while the word Son is used, it's, it's used in a particular context and culture. 
Uh, here it does not mean he comes second, for these persons are co-eternal. There's no mm-hmm. before or after. Remember, right. God dwells in eternity, not time. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no before or after. That's a good point. They're co-eternal. Uh, but in the course of time, God takes up in his son, in his body, time and space. It's an amazing thing. That's another thing that's it's hard to relate to because we are so time-bound. But to just contemplate the fact that, um, you know, before creation, God exists and there's no need for time. And even the way we're speaking of it right now, before creation, is a time statement. He is above time. God created time as well as space. <laughs> They're creatures like you and me. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, getting back to the persons, um, it's it's common parlance for us to say there's there's three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost is an older uh, phrase. And yet, uh, these are the one God. They're, as the Catechism says, they're the same in substance, equal in power mm-hmm. and glory. Mm-hmm. It's, it's they're a fascinating co- they're co- thing. They're co-equal. There's no yeah. such thing as as, as uh, one being. Now, economically, when G- it means that when God sent his son in time, that's what the Bible yes. word uses the word economy, uh, in that, if you will, dispensation or period of time, God sends his son, and there is, in real sense, time in God's humanity in the person of Jesus. Oh, sure. He has to take on human flesh, and now he's subject to those limitations. took our history in himself. And that's why we can always, even for eternity, meet God in Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. You know, I have a friend who became a pastor, and he would remind me from time to time of the person of Jesus that, you know, as he took on human flesh— and that as as he ascends, he says, you know, there's a body up in heaven. Well, as the old Scots preacher, uh, <laughs> famous sermon said, there is a man in heaven. There's a man in heaven. Yes. It's, 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 Fully it's, man. It's, it's amazing to consider that. And yeah. we are taken up into the life of God through that manhood uh, who uh, comes again for us, and he t- will take us up in the life of God in a way that uh, – I have not seen nor ears heard, neither is in the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. Mm. But the Spirit reveals these things. Mm. Now, we have a foretaste now, but we don't have really a, no. a view yet. No. I don't know if you want to talk about this right now or not, but um, way back uh, before we opened the mic, you started to comment about the one and the many. The one and the many. Yeah, the one and the many is a problem that one finds in Greek philosophy. Uh, uh, Parmenides represents the one he wa- he saw everything as one and anything outside the one did not exist and Heraclitus saw no oneness really but everything was separate and individual in Greek philosophy and strife by the way movement mm-hmm. nothing was permanent mm. now in these two philosophers you do find the problem set forth as the one and the many well I believe that the biblical doctrine of of uh, the trinity actually solves that problem. Mm-hmm. We can really say objectively there is only one God, that's the one, and also that everything individually is related to him, but they are truly individual and objective. Yeah, And you're really there, and I'm really here. That's and, right. And we, we have been given our yep. substance and being in God. And that ant down there on the floor is really here. He's really there. It's that time of year where the ants are coming in. <laughs> and, and this has cultural implications 
and political implications that I know we cannot go into today. Yeah, but could you touch on really quick? Well, there's a tendency uh, to, uh, since particularly the time of Nietzsche, to try to, if you will, rebel against the oneness. It's kind of oppressive, an individuality. Mm -hmm. But what happens is you develop a herd that becomes a new oneness. Yeah, that's right. And it gives forth tyranny. I think the rise of Nazism and the rise of fascism in the 20th century and the rise of Marxism, all of these things, I believe, is a misperception of reality. At its deepest level, there is both one and many. Mm -hmm. But we're in danger today of creating just a state. Oh, that's so true. Just a, a, that it rules over all, an absolutism. Yes. That does not recognize truly individual freedom. I think many of our listeners will relate to that. I, I, I think they're like myself, where you feel quite a great frustration as um, the government um, intrusiveness into our lives increases so much that uh, we say, is this America anymore? This isn't the way it was when I grew up, when I was a kid, certainly. If you live in a world without God, and remember the modern problem uh, with respect to God is the death of God. So, mm. so says uh, 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 a wonderful book that I mentioned to you off offline. I won't mention it. Uh, but the real thing is that when you are not rooted in reality, which is yeah. triune, one and many, God solves that. Then you are left to your own devices, and what do you do? Invariably, society will become oppressive. Remember, liberty in the modern world did not arise in secular societies. No. It arose in those places where the gospel happened to be preached. And you say, well, I find some in the ancient Greek. Yes, you do. Uh, Thanks to someone like Plato, who had an understanding of this, he rooted everything in the good, Mm -hmm. which really was God. Yes. So there's a lot to be said here. I, I don't want to get... As I told you too much in the weeds. It would take hours to discuss that, yeah. but um, thanks for <laughs> That's the best I can that. do in the compass of time I have. <laughs> Today we're talking about the Trinity. Uh, it is a, a teaching of Scripture that um, God is one. There is one God, the living and true God, and yet there are three persons in the Godhead. And so um, maybe you have a question about this for Pastor Vance. We would be glad for you to send us an email on it. I'll forward it to Pastor Vance. Use the address here at the station. That address is ministry at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. And uh, maybe just one final final thought. Yes, go to church tomorrow and give glory to the triune God. Amen. And the deep mystery that has been revealed to us in Christ. Yes. I can't think of a better thing. That, That brings the joy of life. It does. It's a celebration of life. It's a positive, <laughs> marvelous thing to know yeah. that the divine cares for you and that he has made you for his own glory. Even if the church is not perfect? Oh, there's no church perfect. If you're looking for perfect church, uh, don't go to yours. You won't, no, you won't find it. You won't find it. You won't find it. Well, thank you very much, John. It's been good having you here. Today we talked about the Trinity Uh, This episode is up on our website. Check it out. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Just look around a little bit. One of the drop-downs has resources, and under that is a Plain Answer Podcasts. And for Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.
Thank you.